lace him up. Because it's time for the Sunday Skate. This is the Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. A comprehensive look at the bees from deep inside the organization to the ice and beyond. Brought to you by your Boston area Mercedes-Benz dealers, AT&T, Wise Snacks, and Star Market. Now, let's get it going with WEEI.com's DJB and ESPN Boston's Joe McDonald. Welcome to Sunday Skate. We in the damn house, DJ Bean, Joe McDonald, no Pete Blackburn today, which we didn't even need to say he's not here because the intro doesn't say he's on the show, so nobody expects him when they hear the intro to be here anyway. So uh, with Pete Blackburn, as expected, not here, he's uh, at the, what's the Red Sox thing? Uh, the winter weekend? The week, winter weekend. Oh, he's just on it because of the casino. He's, he's not... doing like fantasy camp with Jared Carabas, which oh. sounds super fun. Yeah, he's sure. doing fantasy something on it. it might yeah. Not be anything. I'm sure they're not doing anything. No. I'm sure Jared's <laughs> doing something. Uh, I don't know about Pete. Uh, in for Pete, uh, the great Ken Laird of WEI and WEI.com. What it do, Ken? A true honor. I talked to Pete. He said, no worries, not getting traded. He just bought a house here like Louis Erickson, so he's not going anywhere. Oh, don't okay. worry about it. Hey, what's up? I'm Gary. What's your name? Hey, Pete. <laughs> We need to put that in the open. So that's what you, Joey Mack was not here last week. That's what you missed. Gary Tangway walking into the studio, uh, telling me to stop talking. Hey, what's up? I'm Gary. What's your name? Hey, Pete. Sincerely asking Pete Blackburn who he was on the air. (laughs) And Pete, sweetheart that he is, just (laughs) saying, hey, I'm Pete. Nice to meet you. Hey, Pete. That's awesome. Amazing. Uh, So... This Sunday, the show is pretty straightforward. We've got Andy Brickley. He's going to be on with us next segment. But uh, this is going to be all Louis Erickson all the time because uh, we've all been writing about the uh, the impending Louis Erickson situation, this kind of cloud that hovers over the Bruins. And uh, Erickson's agent and the Bruins have kind of been in touch throughout the season and this past week, they started to roll up their sleeves. And now the question becomes, is Louis Erickson staying or going? What do you pay Louis Erickson? And people are coming at this from all different angles. Some people want him signed. Some people want them to trade him now. Some people want to ride out the season and then reassess in the offseason. Here's what we know. Erickson wants between the high $5 million and high $6 million range annually for let's say five to six years, the Bruins are interested in signing him at some point, meaning now or after the season. But if they feel before the trade deadline that there isn't enough traction to either sign him now or revisit later in the season, then he's gone. They'll try to trade him. And I would imagine if they try to trade Louis Erickson, they'd be pretty successful because he would be Probably the best forward traded, not named Steven Stamkos or Jonathan Drouin. Although, you know what? No, Louis Erickson's a lot better than Jonathan Drouin. <laughs> a lot better than Jonathan Drouin. Right. You know, at this point, DJ, I would have to believe that they want to – I mean, of course they want to sign him, and they want to try to get the best deal possible. Uh, and as we all know, each side wants to, to get that best deal possible. But for Erickson's Lu- got a good agent, too. He's got a really he good He was agent. capable of getting Dougie Hamilton traded That's this, true, this summer. That's true, so. which is pretty good, Yeah, of course. And But speaking of Dougie, so you figure Sweeney, knowing that he had Louis Erickson coming up, he's got uh, Marshan after the 16-17 yes. season, so he knows that he needs to make some deals. So part of the reason why Lucic, they traded Lucic last right. offseason. 
part of the reason why they let Dougie go, okay? They're going to sign this guy. It's a matter of what number they're going to because they have to. I know a lot of Bruins fans, for some reason, they don't like him because he's not flashy. He's not that Bruins-type, prototypical Bruins-type of player. But he's always, at least when healthy, he's been the one of the best players on the ice. Ken, I think you can speak to this. The, the prototypical Bruin thing, for me, Patrice Bergeron has changed that. The prototypical Bruin, for me, and in today's NHL, a is player. <laughs> a guy who makes sure your team always has the puck and is always in the offensive zone. And Erickson is not Patrice Bergeron, but possession-wise, he's one of the better possession players in the game. He's the type of guy who, we were saying this off the air, and I wrote about this on com. You can put my mom on a line with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand, and it's going to be dynamite, which is why I think they should just put Brett Conley back there and move Ryan Spooner back to the third line. But Erickson is that type of player where you can put my mom with Louis Erickson and David Krejci or Louis Erickson and really two other people. You saw last year, Soderberg, Kelly, and Erickson was a very good line. Who's the straw that serves a drink there? Louis <laughs> Erickson. And I love Chris Kelly, and I, I love me some Carl Soderberg. Guy's a fantastic weirdo. But Louis Erickson's the guy that makes that line go. I don't see whether you think you're trying to contend this year or you want to build for next year, things like that. You're worse as soon as you get rid of Louis Erickson. Of course you are. And, you know, I'm glad to hear Joey say that he thinks it's going to get done. I mean, he's one of those dependable guys that Claude seems to love, so it makes total sense from from that point of view. He's a Julian player. And we've seen the power play, number one in the league this year. He's been the anchor on that, right? Eight power play goals. He's, he camps in front of the net for you there. and. And goes to the hard areas. So, uh, I've been, you know, looking at the last couple of weeks. The, the first Dreger report, the moment it came out, I thought this was Don Sweeney sort of pumping the, the, you know, the the waters here a little bit for the possibility of them moving him. I, I thought he was a goner. Uh, so, if you say he's staying, that's I think that's great news for Bruins fans in the short term that they are committed to winning now, and you know, and in the next couple of years with Chara and Seidenberg still around, but. I, I mean, so I thought he was gone. I I, I lean towards thinking. Uh, I think they should sign him. I lean towards thinking that they won't sign him. And the reason is kind of because of the messages, as, you, as you're saying. So Drager comes out, um, and he says that they're talking, which, uh, you know, you'd, you'd assume that they would at this point, but that's a that's a pretty big report to come down, right, that they're trying to figure this thing out leading up to the trade deadline. Right. And then Sweeney comes out, and he says on Nesson, we're trying to sign him, but we're what I forget what he said. Something along the lines of what we've all been reporting, which is that if they feel they can't sign him, they're gonna trade him. So Sweeney putting that out there for me is kind of the Bruins uh covering their own ass in for no lack question. of a better term, where if they trade this guy, they can say, We are trying to sign him, but you know how players can be and they shoot for the moon and everything. For me, I again he wants between high fives and high sixes. I don't see why $5.75 million times five years wouldn't satisfy all parties. And I know that Sweeney's a very smart guy. We gave him a lot of crap over the offseason. But knowing him, he's a very smart person. And I don't think he wants to come off as somebody who got taken. And I think he's well aware of the past regime and the criticism it got for oversigning players. You know, Peter Shirelli, that that bad guy who signed... Patrice Bergeron to a $6.8 million cap hit. What, what an, an awful GM. But uh, I think that the reputation that the Shirelli regime had of paying uh, 
paying the the fourth line too much money, paying Chris Kelly three million dollars. I was wondering uh, if you were going to go to Chris Kelly if you were just going to stay away from that one. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I love Chris Kelly. He makes too much money, yeah. much like I love Adam McQuaid. Probably makes too much money. Um, but I think that that Sweeney wants to be a responsible, smart GM, and he doesn't want the perception out there that he just goes out and throws money at anybody. My contention then is Louis Erickson is not just anybody. Well, I think what happens with Louis, and uh, there was a report that came out last night looking at it here that, you know, the the beginning of the the contract talks with Steven Stamkos and the Lightning. $8.5 million. Steve Eiserman so, is the GOAT. He's eight, hilarious. Eight years, $68 million. I mean, that was the report, okay? So, now, take that back to Louie. How as much? Fletcher, as Fletcher Reed once said, yeah, in your bra. <laughs> Good point. They had, with when it comes to Louie, what movie was that from? That's killing me now. What, in your bra? Yeah. Liar, liar. Thank you. When yeah, she, that's she right. reads her weight. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Great movie. Um, but with Louie, I think this is what it comes down to. And I think the whole process isn't just player organization. As you mentioned earlier with, with Dougie Hamilton's situation, I think it starts with a relationship that a GM has with an agent. Obviously, that has a lot to do with it. And Erickson has a super agent, to clarify, J.P. Barry. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. So now, what kind, of, what kind of relationship does J.P. have with, with Sweeney? J.P.'s been doing this for a long time. Okay, so and the Jonas Kampainen, and he and not only this current roster, but he's had plenty of former Bruins. Oh yeah, they know that, and we can go Joe back Thornton. to Joe Thornton, right? So, I mean, it starts there, and I think that that's where the talks probably began. And as you wrote, which that was actually a, a really good story by you. It was excellent. I, I was must read. I actually read it, DJ. And, and, wow! <laughs> and it was good. No, I'm kidding. It, but when hockey writers are actually reading other <laughs> hockey writers, it go. It's it means, it means that it did something. Well, it's about Louis Erickson. But the point the point was that you made, and Louis had not talked about that yet. Was that he admitted that he wanted out of Dallas? You know, which good for you to to kind of get that out of him. But that also gives you a better indication of what type of player or his mindset is anyway because there are certain players that, yes, winning is everything. They want to win a Stanley Cup. But then there are other players that like, yeah, winning's kind of fun, but you know what? I want to make sure I take care of my family. And if I can get that that big-time deal, especially in the hockey world, if I can get that big-time deal, take care of myself, take care of my family – that's what's most important to me. Yes, winning. Yeah, I want to yeah. hoist that Stanley Cup, but if I can do this, and I think that Louis is that type of player mm. in my mind. I think Louis is a great player. I still believe that they do sign him uh, here in Boston because of everything that he brings to the table on the ice. And if we talked about it in the past, if that championship window that they have with this group is closing, then in order to kind of keep it open for a little bit longer – you need a guy on the right side of David Krejci, you know, to, to be that guy. And Louie is that player. And uh, Steve Conroy made this point, and I have ripped it off time and time again since because it's such a great point. And quite frankly, no one else was standing there when Steve Conroy made, Conroy made the point to me. Uh, which of Louis Erickson's assets are going to depreciate over the course of his 30s? He's 30 now. He's turning 31 in the offseason. He's not a burner. He's certainly not a burner. Best attributes are his mind, his stick, and as you said, Ken, his play in front of the net. Yep. And those aren't things that, oh man, once you turn thirty-four years old, you you don't have an active stick anymore. Like that's that's a 
that's a, a mind thing, you know? So I don't think that it's like a slugger on steroids. As long as he has his hand-eye coordination, he's going to be fine. So that's the way I view Louis Erickson. And that's like part of the counter-argument, right? Maybe he's too old. This is too much money for a player in his 30s. The other part of it seems to be, will this prevent them from signing Krug or a Krug and a Kelly, Chris Kelly replacement or Marshan in a couple years? Well, Krug's, Krug's points are consistent with what they've been his whole career. He's on pace for about 39.40, which is what he had over the last two years. So he makes $3.4 million now. I'd sign them up for $3.4, $3.5 million again. Brett Conley's not getting a raise. Sorry if that's news to anybody. Uh, Colin Miller's getting a raise, I'm sure. There are some RFAs that are going to get raises. And yeah, you want to save money for Brad Marchand after next season. But consider this. No overages. They had about a million in overages this year and about a 10 gajillion million dollars in overages uh, last year. So no overages next season. They retained $2.75 million in salary from Elon Lucic, as you first reported at the draft, Joe. Uh, that's going to be about $2.4 million in a cap hit saved. And unlike with players leaving where you save their cap hit, but you also have to spend at least 800000 to a million on a replacement player, that $2.4 million from Lucic is all yours. So take that. You've got about, what, $3.4 million there. Add on Chris Kelly leaving. That's going to be $6.4 million. Subtract eight hundred thousand dollars from for the roster player that would replace Kelly. I know this is getting you probably a pop score. I keep going. This but is what I'm good. saying <laughs> is that's that's over five around five and a half million dollars that you're going to have saved with not too many guys getting raises. Uh, I want to go to a call because we have a ton of callers as usual. This is Sunday Skate. Uh, our first international caller. Uh, no, we've had some Canadians. Uh, James in Glasgow. James, how are you? Have them, boys. James, what's up? This is amazing. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Enjoying my afternoon. Oh, good <laughs> afternoon. What's what, what's popping over there in Scotland? Yeah, nothing much. It's it's wet. It's an improvement on what you're getting. <laughs> well, it's it's wet here. It's just also hard and snowy. Yeah, well, it's it's nice and liquid at the moment here. Excellent. So, what would you like to talk about? It says you want to talk about Louis. But yeah, look for me, Ericsson resigning him is a no-brainer. Like you just said, there's there's plenty of cap space available. Uh, I think they've only got something like forty-eight million hmm. for next year. Yeah, I've got to look at the maybe, the, the maybe seven or eight players to resign. Yeah, and you look if you take five and a half, six million for for Ericsson, there's still going to be plenty of space to resign Krug, and then going forward replacing everybody else. Yeah, it, Plus, you've got to really hope that these draft picks work out. And it's also worth considering, James, that uh, he's making $4.25 million against the cap right now. So say you give him 5.75, which, again, I think that that just makes sense for both sides. Say you give him $5.75 million. We just mentioned about $5 million in free space you have. It's not like oh, yeah. by signing Louis Erickson, you're taking away $6 million of, of space that you're assuming you have. Really, you're just taking away $1.5 million more, and you still have over $3 million to spend on the rest of these guys. Plus, how, how much is it going to cost you to go and get someone in the free agency market? Yeah, there's not going to be an adequate replacement for him. And you mentioned that you hope the draft picks work out. Uh, yeah, they've got wingers in the pipeline, but they're all playing in Canada right now in junior and Zach Seneshin, uh man, good call, Mr. Sweeney. 
that that we everyone said that was a crazy reach, and he is lighting up the OHL right now as uh, as pretty much the Bruins said when they drafted him. They said he this guy was buried. He's going to light it up from from here on out, and that's exactly what he's done. So Seneshin's been a really good pick, but I'm not counting on him to be Louis Erickson next season. That's ridiculous. Like if if you think that you still have this char window, which again for me, I think the cast around the team isn't good enough for the char window to still be open. But if you think it is open and you're trying to contend, it is, as you said, James, a uh, a no-brainer to sign uh, Louis Erickson. Here is here is my question. Thanks for the call, James. Before, ahead, oh, yeah, I got a question for James. Before uh, you, I you said cut goodbye. Uh, I want to it's know. It's hard to get those Scottish people back on the phone, well, that's, too. I was going to say, how is he a Bruins fan being from Scotland? I wanted to know uh, how he became a Bruins fan. See, this is why you're a better reporter than me. You know, like, guy just called us from Scotland. Like, how you Bru- why you a Bruins fan? Dude, we had a uh, we have a listener on our uh, post game podcast. Yes, we do. Is, is from Scotland? Is that is. James? It might be James. Oh shoot! I should have kept him on for like twenty more minutes. So fine, you have to find out. Yeah. So James, see, I wanted to ask you know how you became a Bruins fan, but that's yeah. Okay. Well, let's get to uh, another caller, uh, a little more local and uh, a little more a little more zany. I'm just gonna say it, Fred in New Hampshire. How are you, Fred? DJ Joe. Hi. Morning. Morning. Hey, uh, DJ, which uh, way does your mother shoot, right or left? Uh, she is a – I'm trying to think if it's hereditary. Um, I Well, I'm a lefty, so I'll say she's a lefty. Hey, isn't everybody a Bruins fan? I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought that, that's the world I live in. Anyways, uh, Claude. The world you live in doesn't have Canada, apparently. Nah, I, love Can- <laughs> I love Canada. I hate the Canadians. Uh, Claude. I want to talk about him stifling the offense. Okay. Okay. And nobody's talked about this. The Bruins are first in the Atlantic goal scored. They're second in the East. Okay. They're third. Only three more teams, and they haven't got a, a, a sniper. How how does this happen? Power play. <laughs> what, what, what's that? A lot of goals that they've scored this year, Fred. It's uh, is have come on the power play. So that's. One of the reasons. One of the reasons. You, you, but you said he's stifling the offense. Oh, that's what everybody calls up for years and years and years. Oh, you're saying you're saying you're uh, calling to refute that. Yeah. Oh, good God, Fred. Uh, where, yeah. Where are all these people calling up with the Bruins where they are? Fred, you know, they this got, is a tale as old as time. People are idiots. Um, they, got, they got 22 more goals than that Pittsburgh team with all those snipers. So, I mean, people, look at it. Realize. Go over the history of this this team under Claude. Well, they, so here's the thing: even without a, uh, a shoot, what's the term for like goal scorer scores a lot of goals? Sniper. Sniper. Yes. <laughs> uh, even without even without one of those things, uh, the Bruins are Fred. They're they're always top five, top three, top two, top one in the NHL in scoring I, under Claude Julian. I they, realize that. What, what's you, with all these other people? That unfortunately, call Fred, we wish that? everyone was as smart as you. Unfortunately, they aren't. But they, 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 they talk about Claude, as you said, like he hates offense. He just wants to play defense and everything. I think Claude likes defense. I think he also likes puck possession, and that leads to scoring. Yeah. Fred, they don't make him like you anymore. All right. Scott Hotnell. Yep. There's, there's a guy that, that the Bruins should be looking at. And, and Louie, I know, is, is two years younger. But uh, you think that maybe we could uh, trade Scott Hartnell and maybe uh, Joe Morrow and uh, bring him in? I don't know if that would be a good fit in the room, though, Fred. Really? I think there's a lot of history there with uh, with the Bruins and, and Hartnell and, and 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't is there history with everyone in Hartnell? That, well, yeah, pretty much. It'd be a little cheaper, just yeah. shy of $5 million per year for yeah, Hartnell. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. the, the goal isn't the, – the knock against Erickson, right, is you don't want to sign a guy into his 30s, you want to get younger, blah, 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 and there's some truth to that. And uh, thanks for the thanks for the call, Fred. There's some truth to that. So why would you then go out and get somebody who's even older? Just that he's under term, and I guess he would want to sign here for a little more reasonable figure. Yeah. To his point on the offense, Louie's got only two goals in his last 15. I don't know if that's a concern. He's put up some points in that stretch. Bolesky's down to 1-11. and 11. And Conley, of course, has been a disaster. 35 games. Oh, has he games, not been scoring? Two goals. One of them two, was an empty net. Yeah, he's shot one puck past a goalie in 35 games. And... Uh, I'm something of a Brett Conley apologist, I guess, because I I do think that that line is better off with Brett Conley on there. Because I know it sounds foolish, but just think with me for a second. How do how do Marshan and Bergeron perform when he's on there? Still great, and I know that that's because Marshan and Bergeron are great on their own, and they they literally don't need anybody else. But I was saying this before the show. Those two, they this is their sixth year together. There's there's only been two seasons in which the the right wing on the line has scored 20 goals. One was Tyler Sagan, who could score 20 goals in his sleep. The other was Riley Smith. So, and then Smith dropped off last year. So, that those two don't necessarily turn just anybody into a great player. I mean, we always talk about this, Ken, that it's the the best job in the world is to be the Bruins' first line right wing. Because you don't really have to do anything. Those two guys do everything else. Although I saw Spooner with a nice assist on that line last night. Spooner I'm skeptical was, Conley dishes that on the Marchand's tape there on the backhand. Spooner was very good on that line. But for me, I think the Bruins' strength right now is that they're three deep at center. Uh, with Spooner right now playing better than uh, Carl Soderberg did last year. Better than Soderberg's doing this year. The, the Bruins have upgraded their third line center. And it's... We always talk about how important it is to be deep down the middle, and that's the Bruins are right now. I wouldn't take away from that. As, as I put in my, my story today, you're taking away from a strength to aid what's already a strength. And that's a very poorly worded sentence, and it's a very bad article. No, I, mean, but, I hear what you're but saying. But if you're going to show it in your bench, too, in a game against the Blue Jackets that it's tied or it's a one-goal game, <clears throat> excuse me, and Claude's going to show it in his bench, and you know that Spooner can Spooner's play. Spooner's always the first one to, to be shortened. Right. <laughs> but now in this situation where he's actually he's played well, especially since Kretschy was hurt, so now you you put him, if you're going to shorten the bench, and you're not getting anything from that right side on that on that line with uh, with Marchand and Bergeron, why not put him up there? Hmm. Real quick, let's get to uh, Maria in Watertown. Maria, how are you? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you today? Good oh, morning, Maria. Uh, good morning. Listen, with uh, regard to, uh, to Louis Erickson, while, you know, I appreciate... Um, all of the intangibles that he brings, and I think um, every every team needs a guy like that. And I think one of the reasons why the penalty kill has been so efficient of Indeed. late is because of of him. You know, he does what he does. He does quietly. He doesn't stick out. He doesn't show off. But putting a value on that, I think, is um, what's very very difficult for the Bruins and you know for us as fans. And I think because we still have you know, post-traumatic stress from the uh, Peter Shirelli contract signing. I think that that's why you're hearing a lot of hesitancy in terms of the years and the amount. Um, while I'd like to keep him, 
I'm not sure that I'm willing to, you know, go upwards of, you know, the $6 million, five or six year situation. So I think this is a huge test um, for Donnie Sweeney and his first major decision in, in, uh, in dealing with Louis because one way or the other, it's going to have a significant impact um, on the Bruins for the future. The other thing that um, I'd like to get your thoughts on, because I'm very, very troubled by this, is how poorly the Bruins play at home. Their record at home is an abomination. Um, no one's afraid to well, Maria, I mean, when, when you're play when, against When them. you're playing teams like, like Columbus at home, I mean, that, that, that's a very, very tough team to play against. So you, you naturally you're going to struggle when you're playing against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, the worst not team in the league. They are absolutely the worst professional hockey team in the history of this season. Yes. I mean, honest to Pete, after the way you played the other night, I was expecting all guns blazing and shot, 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 and we struggled to score goals. It's very, very um, disheartening, you know, to to see that and something that you know at at some point needs to get get remedied here um, and needs to get remedied fast because everyone's bunched up um, in their division and you have a couple of miscues at home or on the road and you know you're going to be looking at potentially missing the playoffs again um, so yeah those are my thoughts guys and i uh, like to hear your assessment of things thank you maria um yeah for me the thing that stands out is the hesitance about the money that you give erickson and what I've gotten a lot on Twitter, and this is what what's uh, we're gonna grab break right after this. So I'll say it quickly. Uh, what's uh, scared? What's made me dismiss a lot of people who engage in this conversation is uh, like Erickson, but he's not a six million dollar player. Of course, he's a six million dollar player. Look look at at the numbers that he puts up, and I think that people hold the fact that Patrice Bergeron makes six point eight seven five million dollars against Bergeron. Or against Erickson. I think that they look at it as Bergeron makes 6.8, so Bergeron's a $6.8 million player. That makes Erickson a $4 million player. No, Bergeron makes 6.8 and is a $10 million player. You just saw the contract that Kopitar signed. Again, pretty pretty good contract on the part of Peter Shirelli there. Uh, $6.8 million for Patrice Bergeron. So just because one guy's a steal doesn't mean that another guy shouldn't get paid what he's worth. I would say that, that Erickson's easily a $6 million player, which is why I try to get him signed for $5.75 million. All right, we are overdue for a break here. On the other side, we're going to have Andy Brickley. We're going to talk uh, some Louis Erickson with him. Sunday Skate.